friendly with me. What a wonderful day it is to be here on the Sabbath day to worship Him who created the heavens and the earth. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Today I have chosen a topic for my message, something that should be of interest to all of us. Is Jesus in your crucible? Now, before I get into this message, um, I'd like to have a word of prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, today we ask for your presence to be with us during our worship. When we give you the glory, the honor, the praise, and thanksgiving, that you will be with us and that you will be with me as I give the message that we find in the Word of God. And Lord, I know that all of us, from day to day and year to year, we go through trials and tribulations, and we go through problems. The Lord, help us to remember that in all of these problems and crucibles, that our Lord and Savior Jesus is with us. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Is Jesus in your crucible? We all know what a crucible is. We should. And we're studying at this quarter. A crucible is a severe test or a trial or an extremely challenging experience. Now, there is another definition of crucible, but it's kind of more scientific, or it's something that we do in a lab. And uh, I see Clyde just walking in, and he knows about labs, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but in a lab, a crucible is a heat-resistant container, usually in the shape of a bowl. I think it's to contain what's in the crucible. And when you heat up this crucible, you actually heat what's in the crucible, and you heat it up. And the process is usually with metals. You can do it with gold. You can do it with silver. You can do it with any other metal that you can raise the temperature to the point where it starts melting. That's amazing. Metal that melts. Oh, yes. Heated to a high enough degree will melt this metal. It's amazing that the word crucible is meant in a spiritual sense. The spiritual sense is to have a severe test. And I mentioned trial here, too. It can be literal. Can you imagine being tried in a court of law and you know in your heart and God knows that you are innocent? Would that be considered a crucible? It's one we never want to have happen. But remember this. Jesus was in the court of Pilate. He was also 
in the court of Caiaphas. Jesus, of course, was innocent, and he was on trial, literally for his life. Thank you, Danny, for reading the scripture today. I want to go through it again right now. These words from the prophet Isaiah are the words that we need to believe in and trust in because they're the word of God through Isaiah. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And so I've kind of underlined, and there's some text, word, each time, one word here, one word there, that are important for us to look at. One of them is waters, one of them is rivers, and one of them is fire. Now, we know that all three can be dangerous. You know, after there's been a flood, and people decide, I think I'll take a swim in the floodwaters. Oh, no, big mistake. Big, big mistake. You jump into the floodwaters of that channel with the, the uh, floodwaters are going down, and you know what? The current is so strong, you cannot swim out. I don't know, a lot of us have seen on television, somebody, they're trying to say who is in the floodwaters. Also, rivers. Oh, that was kind of like a river or floodwater. But another one is water, a great deal of water, like the ocean. If you get caught in an undertow, what does that do? It pulls you under. And we are not fish. We cannot breathe underwater. And then the other word is fire. Fire. Nobody can enter an area, let's call it a furnace, when it is hundreds of degrees. You can't do it. You just physically cannot do it. Well, in the waters, I want to take a look at waters that were separated, and it was the Red Sea. We find in the Bible, in Exodus 14, we have Moses and the children of Israel backed up against this Red Sea, and the army of Egypt is hot on the trail. I know that at that time, Moses, maybe more than the people, they were put into a crucible. And they almost forgot about Jesus. They shouldn't have. You know how they knew Jesus was there with them in this coming crucible? It happened to be daylight. And there's this large, large cloud. And this cloud is Jesus. And this cloud fell upon the Egyptian army to the point where they didn't know any direction. They didn't know left, right, up, and down. And they were stuck there. 
And so we see this, this time in Exodus 14, 13. God has told Moses exactly what to do. Exactly. God says, the Lord will fight for you. All you need to do is to be still and follow what I say. In verse 21, we find it says, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and now all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind, and he turned it into dry land, and the waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Do you think a team of hundreds of craftsmen or architects or anyone that could possibly do this out of their outfit? None of them would do that. And as Egypt pursued them, with all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, horsemen followed them into the sea. It was dark now. How would they know Jesus was with them? Is Jesus in your crucible? You see, there was a, a fire, a pillar of fire. And the pillar of fire was above, right above Israel. Right above Israel. Can you imagine seeing something like that? Could you ever forget that that's Jesus? That is your almighty God that is there helping you to get through this crucible. We know the rest of the story. And it's one where God is victorious and Moses has been able to help his nation. Go to safety. I like the words the Lord will fight for you. Within your crucible, whatever is happening, whether it be a trial, whether it be maybe you're going through something that tests your faith, maybe it's one of health, maybe it's one of, of finances, maybe you need a job, maybe you need a car to get to the job. And maybe as the story that Kirsten told, maybe you need a way out of having an accident. I know many of us thought, this is it. There's going to be an accident, and it's going to be, I'm going to be part of it. And then when it doesn't happen, we take time to thank Jesus, who has been there all the time. This is an immediate crucible. For Kirsten and Clyde, it was immediate. A crucible they didn't see, they didn't know what was going to happen, and boom, it happened. And yet Jesus delivered them. So I like the word, pass through the waters. When you think of this text, Isaiah, I think, maybe referring to when Moses and Israel were able to pass through the waters, pass through the crucible. I love that story on the parting of the Red Sea. 
And you know, there was plenty of water there. And the next story in the Bible is about rivers. You know that Joshua, the general in charge of the army, he was all the way up to the River Jordan. And he knew that they were about to go in and receive their promised land. So Joshua chapter 3. In Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5. I love these words. Joshua basically is encouraging the children of Israel, reminding them God is about to do something that we can't do ourselves. But isn't that the case in many things? While we're in the crucible, you're wondering, you're thinking, how am I going to get through this crucible? You know, maybe people are unhappy with you, and Jesus said, because of your faith, you may receive insults or threats. But what is, what is one of the Beatitudes saying, blessed are these, for they shall inherit the new earth, for that is what we inherit. And so, if we are meek in the crucible, that means we're being like Jesus, who is right there with you. Joshua 3 5 tells us that Joshua is exhorting the children of Israel to consecrate yourselves. Catherine, do you know what consecration is? Ah, oh, that's pretty good. And we do that by asking Jesus to be our leader and our guide and our counselor and everything. Consecrate yourselves today, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things for you. I believe that can be a prayer of ours, that when we are going through a crucible and we're praying for it, you ask the Lord for amazing things to happen. And if you keep praying that, like Paul says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Our prayer in the crucible should be God delivering, like he delivered Israel through the Red Sea, like he delivered the Israelites when they were at the Jordan River. Verse 6 and 7 of Joshua 3 says, Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. This ark of the covenant was supposed to go out before the rest. Everyone else would wait. And Joshua must have thought, we're going to take the ark of the covenant across the river Jordan in the rainy season, and it was as full as ever, and it was an angry, raging river. It had exceeded the banks. It had come up higher than the regular banks of the river. And Joshua could have said, I don't think, think we can cross, and you're sending the ark out here? No, Joshua 
in faith, he sent them out. He sent them out. Verse 7, the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Huh. We know that God was with Moses. We just looked at that in Genesis. Or Exodus, sorry, in Exodus. So, Joshua is reminded, I am with you. I will be with you as I was with Moses. And we can actually say, Lord, be with me as you were with Joshua. Be with me as you were with Abraham. Be with me. Or Moses. Be with me as you were with Moses. And then in verse 8, it says, Then when you reach the edge of the Jordan's river, go ahead and stand in the river. Oh, boy, that doesn't seem like it's possible. You stand in a raging river. Most of the time, the river will just take you out into the middle. Down the river you go, and you can't be saved. You drown. But no, as soon as their feet touched the water, they were able to watch the water simply. The river Jordan. Man might say, that's impossible. God said, all things are possible. Think of those words, all things are possible with God. So all of the nation of Israel got across the river, and they, the priest stopped, and he built an altar in the middle of the river that was now kind of like a dry river. They honored God in this crucible. So that is a wonderful story as Israel continues into the promised land. Now there's another word in this passage, and it is fire. Would you say that a furnace that you turn up and it's cold in the winter, that that's kind of like a furnace? If you've ever seen it, and I know those that repair it, you know, pretty hot stuff goes in your vents, pretty hot. But a fiery furnace. There are three young men. And I could read the text, but it's found in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. And here you find Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They were given two chances to bow down to a golden statue that was made to represent King Nebuchadnezzar. They wouldn't do it. Everyone else did it. They were tempted to commit idolatry, just like Israel committed idolatry many times before. But these men refused. And after turning up the furnace, I don't know what it was, ten times hotter, seven times hotter, and Nebuchadnezzar, he asked the guards to throw these three men in, and they were bound with heavy cordage. And as the guards threw them in, the guards fell down, and when they looked at, at them later, they were dead. And the cords that were around Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, had burned, but you could not smell that the, their hair. You know when hair burns, you can smell it. No smell. And their clothes 
were not burned. And Nebuchadnezzar said to his men behind him, those that were in the guard, I thought I saw three men being thrown in. Then why do I see four? Is Jesus in your crucible? We see that these three young Hebrew men, that Jesus was in their crucible. Would Jesus be in their crucible and not in yours? I think Jesus is in our crucible. Whatever problems you see from day to day, that you could call a problem. You know, I don't know what problems everybody has because there's so many different ones. Maybe somebody, they want to go to work and they can't start their car. And they don't know what to do. Well, there are a few things you can do. If you know a mechanic, maybe they'll come out and see what the problem is. If you have roadside service, they can send somebody out to see if they can get it started. Or they can tow it to a, a garage to get it fixed. That's happened to a lot of us. It's happened to me. If it's happened to me, it's happened to you. But God will be in that crucible. Why? Because he promised. He promised us. Now, we need to claim promises in the Bible. And each promise is going to show us that Jesus is an crucible. Matthew 28, 20. We love this text. Jesus has told his followers, you need to go out and share the gospel. Teaching, preaching, baptizing. But at the end, he says, I am with you always. I'm with you in the crucible. He's really saying that. I'm with you always. Can we ever get away from God? No, because he's always with us. There's another text that I like. It's Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good to those who love God and called according to his purposes. Now, Jesus has called us to spread the gospel. So that's God's purposes. But our lives will all turn out for the good. Do you see Jesus, if you're ever thinking about it, seeing your life? Is Jesus in the detail? He's in the minute detail of your life. But you know what else? God is in the big picture. And to me, the big picture is being saved and leaving this earth with Jesus for a future, for a, a destiny, for eternity, where there will be no crucibles, none. You know the promise in Revelation 21.4. He promises we will not be sad or sorry or crying, although we will not be hurt, sick, and there will be no more death. Does that tell us that God is going to be in your crucible until he comes? You're going to have so many crucibles 
God in his mercy will help you forget some, but not all. I don't know if we want to forget all, because if we forget everything, that's tragic. I love the text we found in Joshua chapter 3, but in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua is about to go to battle. What does he do? He doesn't go see a witch. He goes to God Almighty, and God is reassuring him. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous. If you think Joshua was naturally strong and courageous, I think not. But it was God who gave him his confidence. God gave him everything that he needed to be confident in him. And that includes being with him during the battle. Now, that could be a crucible for Joshua. He's in a battle where he's not certain of the outcome until he consults God. And God says, I will be with you. You will win this battle. Just like we'll win the crucibles. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a very good advice from Solomon who wrote Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He will lead us in a pathway out of the crucible. I think just about every crucible we've had, we've gone through. Why? Because Jesus is in our crucible. We may be suffering a lifetime of crucibles, or one, one big crucible. But remember this, Jesus is going to be with you along the way. When Joseph was thrown into prison, although he was innocent, he did nothing wrong. But Potiphar wanted everybody to think, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to teach him a lesson. And not that he believed his wife, he thought probably that Joseph was innocent. But where did Joseph end up when he went through the crucible of prison? The crucible of somebody thinking he was guilty when he was innocent. God, Jesus Christ, was with him all the way to being second in the kingdom there with Pharaoh. That's a classic example of getting through a crucible with Christ on your side. And when he went from prison, he helped you did help people. Now there's one more man in the Bible before I close that I wanted to go through because he's a classic example of someone that has gone through crucibles and you just wonder how in the world did he ever get through them all. So you should know that Jesus will be with us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we start with verse 23. These are the crucibles of Paul. Paul the ambassador. 
in that early Christian church. He'd been on three missionary journeys, three of them, to the Gentile world. You can look that up in the Bible where he went. For me, one of the biggest crucibles is when he was on a journey to share the gospel, he had gone to a place called Derby and Lystra. And at Lystra, the people there did not want to hear what he said. And so they dragged him out of the city and they stoned Paul to death. Is that what happened? Did they stone him to death? He lived. That's a pretty big crucible. Others have gone through it and they didn't make it. But God had something more important for him. The, the deacon Stephen. He went through that one. Verse 23 begins, I am more, I have worked much harder, and been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely, and I've been exposed to death again and again and again. He was when he was stoned. And going on, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. I've never had pretty many uh, lashes. And you know, every time it hurts, it hurts a lot. So 39 times you feel that crucible. Verse 25, and three times he was beaten with a rod, with rods. Once he was stoned and he lived. Three times he was shipwrecked. We know about the, the major shipwreck where he had to stay a while before he could continue the journey to Rome. And I've never been shipwrecked. I don't think anybody's been shipwrecked. I would have heard about it, right? He says, I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Can you imagine being out in the open sea? A day and a half. I don't think so. I've been con constantly on the move. Oh, he didn't have a regular home. He had left his home. I've been in danger from rivers. Oh, in danger of bandits. Tell you what, I've never had anybody rob me personally. In other words, walk up to me and take everything I have. I know that people have. That's a crucible. But if you live through that, you say, thank you, Jesus. That crucible is over. Thank, thank God. And you can say a prayer. He was in danger from his own countrymen. His own countrymen. In danger from the Gentiles. In danger in the city. In danger in the country. In danger at sea. And in danger from false brothers. He's got brothers, friends, whatever, that lie about him. I have labored and toiled. I've gone without sleep. Well, I'll tell you, the longest I've gone without sleep is maybe 24 hours. I've heard his son going without sleep for two or three days. I don't know how long he went without sleep. And he says, I've gone hunger and thirst, and I've gone without food. I have been cold and naked. 
Verse 30 says, but anyways, through all of this, I must boast. I will boast of the things that show my weakness. I was weak. I went through all of this. But he also said, you heard it, when I am weak, he makes me strong. Jesus Christ will make us strong. To be strong in the Lord is to share with others his love. We have some other promises in the Bible, and I'll close with some of these promises. The question is, when we have crucibles, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? God has seen us through every crucible. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. You probably know it, especially when I get to that and read that. 40 and verse 31. But those who wait upon the Lord, you know, we can ask for deliverance and a crucible to wait upon the Lord. We can ask again to wait upon the Lord because we're not going to be able to do it ourselves. He will renew your strength and you will soar on wings like eagles. You will be able to run and not be weary and you'll walk and not be faint. With God, all things are possible. Verse Isaiah 41 and verse 10. And then I will go to closing on this one. Do not fear, for I am with you. Does that sound good like using every crucible that we have upon us? Do not be dismayed, for I am your God, who takes hold of your right hand, or righteous right hand. The head of omnipotence. And do you think that anybody's going to stop Jesus from guiding us through sin? Because we've got all things are possible. And the answer to my question today is Jesus in your crucible? I think we all answered yes. And from now on, remember that Jesus is there and that he will be the Christ when it's played. Our Father in heaven, today we have seen in the Bible how you are with us. You were with us through the good times and you are with us through the bad times. You will see us through one way or another. You see the smallest picture and you see the largest picture. You saw it with Stephen. You saw it with Paul and with Moses and Joshua. You've seen them through everything in this life. So, Lord, we trust and we believe that the just shall live by faith and not by sight. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.